0: Hello, New Hope, and welcome this morning to our campus in Bram and our online campus as well as we finish off today our series on mental health called Mind and Soul, We Are Not Consumed. You know, in the early 1900s, Henry Ford had electrical engineers that were frustrated. They had these questions because they could not figure out the problems with their gigantic generator. And it was stopping the production of cars, obviously. So they hired a consultant by the name of Charles Steinmetz. Charles came into the plant, and for two nights and two whole days, he stayed right next to the generator, listening to it. And after two days, he asked them for a ladder, he climbed up the ladder and made a chalk mark on the generator. And then he told the skeptical electrical engineers from the Ford company to go up and replace and take off the bracket where the chalk mark was and to replace 16 windings from the field coil. When they did that, the generator hummed and worked perfectly. Henry Ford was thrilled until he got the invoice for $10,000. That might not be a big deal today, but back then around 1910, a guy would make 22 cents an hour. And here Steinmetz charged him $10,000. So Henry Ford asked for an itemized bill and Steinmetz sent him the bill, itemized. It said, for the chalk mark, $1. For knowing where to put the chalk mark, $9,999. Ford paid the bill. You know, there have been different times in the history of New Hope where we have used or hired consultants to help us in situations whether it's raising money, whether it's figuring out a better uh, employee review, whether it's figuring out software for budgeting, or whether it's just trying to look at and understand the health of our church. We've used consultants who have helped us in many ways to maintain our vision and our mission. A consultant is a person who provides expert advice. You know, they're like a specialist, a guide, or they're a counselor. They come with a level of authority on a subject, or they're an expert, right? You know, in reality, the greatest consultant we have for our life is God. I mean, whether life hits the fan or not, God invites us to consult with him on every area of our life. When it comes to devastation and struggles in life, we have questions and with our questions and frustrations obviously comes all kinds of levels of emotions. We don't always like naturally run to God, right? We don't always naturally do that during these times, but he invites us like a consultant to bring our questions to him. And also with those questions are frustrations, And he wants to love us, and he wants to lead us in life if we are willing. We get a picture of this in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, where Jesus says this, "'Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. "'Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble.'" And gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, rest for our souls, for, for our, our emotions, our our questioning in, in life. I mean, this is the invitation that Jesus brings to us, especially when it comes to our mental health challenges. And this is where the prophet of Jeremiah goes to God as we have seen through the book of Lamentations as we have walked through it this last three, four weeks in our series. Jeremiah comes to God with all his questions, all his emotions, and he consults with God with his life stuff. You know, he's talking about and he's wrestling with what took place in the city of Jerusalem that it was destroyed. What took place in the temple where they worshiped God? It was destroyed. He was coming to them with questions and emotions over all the Israelites who were killed, the Jewish people, and those who were then taken captive by the Babylonians to be slaves for them. And Jeremiah is just raw before God, and he's going to him like going to a consultant with all his life questions on this particular situation and all his emotions on this situation. Jeremiah consults with God through a series of prayers that are actually a series of poems. It is through the door of Jeremiah's prayers that the possibilities of Israel its city, Jerusalem, its temple being rebuilt. Let me reread that. It is through the door of Jeremiah's prayers that the possibilities of Jerusalem, of the temple being rebuilt, and of the nation of Israel coming out of slavery and being healed and restored as a people. You know, I love the quote, when men and women work, men and women work. But when men and women pray, God works. See, when we come to Jesus with our questioning and our emotions, he does miracle math in our life. He takes the negatives in our life and he adds them up to positives. Through prayer, he brings possibilities. And to give you a picture of this, I have invited Krista Bain to share her struggle and story in the area of mental health and how she has leaned into God as her consultant and her counselor and her really ultimate caregiver. So thanks for joining us, Krista. really appreciate it a lot. And so my first question to you is really, you know, what has been been sort of your biggest challenge in just really maintaining or working through mental health?
1: Well, I think the biggest challenge um, is just in general when life gives us difficult circumstances. Um, So I think back to when I was a teenager um, struggling with some family dysfunction and trauma and things and turning to some negative coping mechanisms, um, you know, such as self-harm, maybe to try and establish a sense of control. Um, And then, you know, after a while working through that um, life pretty good, Um, you know, going through adulthood, meeting my husband, um, you know, starting a family and things like that. Um, And then life circumstances can kind of knock the wind right out of your sails. So um, a really big thing that happened was in July of 2015, um, I lost my husband, Bill, to suicide. um, And that really just brought me right back to a place of struggle, almost like I was right back to, um, you know, a really dark place like I was when I was a teenager. So
0: yeah. So you know, with that, what has been your experience then with, like, these intrusive thoughts that just, like, come in, and how do you keep them at bay? I mean, do you find that even through that, tra- I mean, that tragedy, there's been a level of processing and healing, and so you think you're doing well, and you're going along in your journey, and you're making progress, but then all of a sudden, something brings you back to that time, and it's like, Uh, you're driving out on the road and you get cut off by another car. It's just like this thing just comes in and cuts you off and these thoughts just come back.
1: Right. So dealing with these thoughts of, um, you know, dealing with ruminating thoughts of um, not being good enough, you know, not being worthy of love, you know, not deserving good things in life. So um, with losing my husband, like I said, that brought everything right back into the forefront. Um, and even, you know, since 2015, there's been ups and downs, of course, where it seems like I'm, you know, on the right path as far as towards healing through that grief. And then something can just kind of come along and, you know, knock you right back. So, you know, these intrusive thoughts of not feeling good enough, which then lead to, um, feeling worthless and hopeless. So then once that starts to spiral out of control, um, then I may be, you know, experiencing thoughts of, um, even suicide myself. Um, and it's really a matter of, you know, being able to try and rein that in, um, And, you know, and that can look different each time. So, you know, to answer your question as far as how do you keep them at bay, when these kinds of negative thoughts come into mind, it's, you know, being able to take a moment and label them as what they are, as lies from the enemy, Um, you know, that they're distorted thinking, you know, acknowledging that it's, you know, difficult to think these things and feel these things, and then really having to remember who I am in Christ. And that's not something that, you know, just happens instantaneously. You know, it's not something that, you know, every time I go through a difficulty, I automatically go there. But with practice, it happens more and more. So remembering what's true and who I am in him, um, you know, and repeatedly practicing that as a skill is what's going to help keep that at bay. So
0: So after your, your husband's suicide and that, I mean, it was heavy, dark days. It wasn't like, you know, after a week, like, okay, I'm, I'm making progress and I'm just working through this. I mean, it's, that's a a life changer. Right. There and that. So What would you say to individuals who who sometimes feel like, when they've gone through a life tragedy, feel like, you know, I should just be better. I I should just be be better. Hey, it's been a week. I should just be better.
1: Right. So I think about even, um, you know, just to give an example for myself, that you know, initially when you lose someone, there's a lot of people that'll come alongside and be supportive and be there for you. You know, and you go through the process of funeral arrangements and you know, all those things that we have to do, and then you start that healing process and really acknowledging, you know, this is normal, you know, it's not it doesn't feel good, you know, kind of working through that and, and healing, like you said, not overnight or in a week or whatever. Um, so for me personally, as I was saying as an example, I would say it was really difficult those first few months. I engaged in like really distracting, pouring myself into my kids um, and other relationships. And then I would say about a year after um, my husband Bill passed away, I then started to maybe really work through things and found myself um, going towards uh engaging in unhealthy relationships with men, alcohol avoiding and numbing. So it's almost like those feelings didn't really come out until a year later. Um, And so I had the opportunity to be um, connected with a counselor very early on in my journey. So we were making quite a bit of progress, and then boom, I went into these, you know, negative coping mechanisms, which I'm sure to her was just like, ah, um, but they're used to it. Um, So then I would say after a year, it was really difficult, and then I had even another year and a half or so where things were okay, Um, you know, I was living life, I was uh, dealing with the waves of grief and difficulty as they came, but not getting so sidetracked, but then again, in 2018, I had difficulty at work, and again, you know, thought maybe I would try to, um, you know, get comfort in alcohol and things like that. So it's this idea that it doesn't ever just go away. We just slowly start to build these skills so that it doesn't maybe take us under as deep every time. So, um, right. and, and to accept that this is part of the process and you're normal, you know, to struggle.
0: Yeah, so. and I, I love that comment that, hey, you're normal. Mm-hmm. And and two, it doesn't look the same for everybody. Right. I mean, there's no what this process, like you do this, then you do this, then you do this. Uh, when it comes to wrestling with our life stuff, it's just how it is. Right. And, and that. And I think as well, your comment about uh, at times you chose to take your wrestling elsewhere other than to God. Right. right? You know, we see in Jeremiah's interaction with God that he's real, he lays his emotions out there, his requests to God. He's in in God's face in that, in Lamentations 5.15, he he says it straight up. He says, hey, joy is gone from our hearts. Our dancing has turned to mourning. I mean, that's a big shift there. But then he pleads with God in verse 21 in Lamentations 5. Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old. And I'm sure that's there's there was many times where you were uh pleading with God, just you know, restore my life, right. you know, take this from me, take this burden, you know, get rid of this emotion, this this feeling, these these dark days. As as Jeremiah was pleading for healing, for stability, he he was like, Hey, I wanna get back to joy, I wanna get back to some dancing here, you know, because right. of all this mourning going on, this challenge. Uh I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3, where these three individuals were thrown into the fiery furnace because they would not worship the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king. Mm -hmm. And they would only worship God, period. And so he had them thrown into this fiery furnace, which was uh, multiplied seven times the heat of normal. And they throw these three guys in there, and King Nebuchadnezzar looks in, and he says, what is the deal? We threw three men in there, but I see four. And the reason he saw four, and he recognized it himself, is because he saw Jesus. He saw God in there with these men. And they ended up coming out with not even the smell of smoke on their clothes. And this picture of as we are walking through the fire of life, that God is with us. He is in the midst of that. And so for you, Krista, what role has your relationship with God played as far as, you know, your your prayer life and pouring it out and and in God's word, what role has that played for you to walk through and just to, uh, you know, maintain mental health during your journey's
1: Great. So um, at first, you know, with losing my husband, I really felt like, um, you know, I withdrew from God. I felt, you know, I had these wrestling of, you know, why would this happen to me? Why this happened to my family? You know, felt like maybe he abandoned me. Um, So I would, I tried to stay with, you know, I went to church regularly, listened to Christian music, um, you know, would pray on occasion, you know, attended Bible study every other week. You know, I kept those routine things in place, but it was really a matter of going through the motions. Um, I wasn't really living living that Christian lifestyle um, consistently, you know, as far as making poor choices and things like that. Um, but, you know, throughout those times where it was better, you know, when it was, you know, how we I talked, we had the ups and downs and struggles throughout the different years. Um, that's when I was intentionally taking time to, you know, meet with God and to pray and to be in his word, um, you know, taking time to even journal a little bit sometimes about you know, what's happening day by day or really just outpouring of my heart to God, um, you know, with how I feel, thanking him for another day, you know, even now thanking him for the struggle, being able to look back and see some good that's come out of that. And um, and then always, I think I always end with um, thanking him for never leaving me, even though I strayed and tried to, you know, take care of things on my own. So it's really a matter of intentionality and then being able to look and see that it really makes a difference. So. Yeah.
0: Did you come to a place where you felt like, uh, you know, God is okay with me in my struggle? And right. and he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not calling me to be this perfect looking Christian, which there is no such thing, right? right? Uh, that, you know, I go to church, go to Bible right. study, I smile, I, you know, all this stuff. Uh, I mean, was there a point where you know you were able to just get to the piece of like god this is how i feel i'm disappointed in you i'm i'm struggling i'm like where are you what's going on or, i mean
1: right there was there were several of those conversations um you know between myself and god um as far as like you know, what's the purpose in this? You know, why is this happening? Um, and just really, you know, expressing this is where I'm at. And, you know, I'm going, I'm choosing to do these things right now. Um, and, you know, I know that God will be there for me, but I kind of needed to walk out that crud to be able to really, to almost appreciate his, you know, love and forgiveness that he offers us. So I almost had to walk through that to be able to really appreciate that and take yeah. hold of that.
0: So being real as you were and that, do you, do you think that was uh, important to the healing, to, to part of you maintaining uh, a good mental health through this time with your emotions and questions?
1: Right, definitely. You can't just put on a mask and act like everything's fine. Like you said, you can't just be a perfect Christian. I think going through those motions um, was also somewhat helpful for me because I didn't just turn away from everything. So you kept some of that routine, which is important for mental health and wellness and things like that. Um, and it also helped me to stay connected with people. But it was it was superficial. Um, so yeah, having those difficult conversations with God really, I mean, it, it's just real. It is what it is. So.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So beyond those conversations with God and that, did you have a a circle of of people around you that, that you could have those hard conversations with as well or be raw with or and how important was that to, you know, again, your your journey through this and maintaining mental health and being safe?
1: Right. So I, um, not too long after my husband passed away, I had the opportunity to be connected with a um, Christian therapist. And she often you know, would remind me that you know, when we mourn, God mourns. When we're hurting, he's hurting. Um, and would you know, continually h- try to help me to focus on him and that things would get better. So that was a really, really big, important part of my support system. Um, I have a group of uh, faith-filled women that have been there you know, unconditionally, you know, while whether I was making poor choices you know, through good times, you know, pouring out my heart for these difficult things. And if they didn't understand something, they were they were just there to listen and you know, always praying, of course. and um yeah, just just i have I have a lot of people that are faith filled. I've had the opportunity to be connected with um other people that have lost their their husbands, you know, other people that have struggled with mental health and things. Um, and it's really important to for me to be connected with other believers that have walked through that to you know acknowledge that. This, you know, this is part of life, and and at the same time, God understands too. So.
0: Right. So through your your journey, what has God revealed to you, maybe in a bigger way, and and what possibilities has He brought into your life through this journey of pain? I mean, this difficult pain.
1: Well, I've had the opportunity, like I kind of mentioned, to have um, connections with people. Um, you know, opportunities to stronger relationships that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. I've also had the opportunity to go to school and finish my BA in psychology, and I've been able to um, help other people that struggle with their mental health, you know, in my career. And then I've also had so many opportunities over uh, over the years, and then especially in this last year, to be able to serve in different ways um, and just to shine a light. So really being able to look back and really just think, like, I'm so thankful for all these opportunities. Like every day I think of opportunity, opportunity to to be a blessing or to connect with people or, you know, and just to be real. Um, Hmm. So really it's just, it's really a big part of what I feel God has brought is the connection to people and the importance of that. You know, loving him, loving others and that's just been, I don't know, for several months that's been on my mind, how, how thankful I am for all the people that he's brought into my life.
0: Right. So. Well, and quite the journey to, to be at this place. Right. right. Quite the journey to be at this place there. And, uh, you know, it, it gives that picture of God takes our negatives and adds them up to positives. He's able to do that. Right. When we started this series out four weeks ago, I used the phrase from Chuck Swindoll that says anything under God's control is never out of control. Anything under God's control is never out of control. So maybe just the last question from your experience what would you say in reference to this quote?
1: What I would say is, um, you know, even when we're in the middle of the fire, like you had mentioned, um, things can feel out of control in that moment, but we can look back and see that they never really were out of control, that God was right there with us, um, that he rescues us, you know, that he's there with us through the pain. Um, and and he, he welcomes us to lean into him and to allow him to rescue us and to set, reach out his hand towards us. So it's really, you know, maybe it can feel out of control, but it's not. I mean, that's what I, th- I think of.
0: Yeah, sort of hard to, to maintain that when you're in it to, to right. recognize that, hey, you know what? Anything under God's control is, is in control. And right. so even in this situation, God is present. God is in that fire. Well, in this series, we wanted to look at the whole reality of mental health. You know, our our mind, our questions, but then also our soul, our emotions as well. You know, our, our mind and our soul really encompass our mental health. And to recognize through the book of Lamentations, the story of Israel going through the destruction of Jerusalem, of the temple, of of losing loved ones, of being exiled as slaves, that even in their situation, they were not consumed. They were not consumed. They weren't burnt up by their situation, that God walked them through it. And in the end, Provided, re- restored them later on, restored Jerusalem, restored the temple, restored the nation of Israel. But it was a journey. And so as we walk through life stuff, and part of life stuff brings mental health challenges with our questions and our emotions, right? Let's remember that Jesus always invites us first off to bring it to him. To bring our wrestlings to him, Matthew 11, right? Come unto me, all you who are weary and who are carrying your burdens, right? And and wrestle with me in what you're going through. He's not saying, hey, don't get help from a counselor or friends Mm -hmm. or if there's a need for proper medication or whatever. But he's saying, number one, come to me. Bring your wrestling to me. Regardless of what it is, I can handle it. Regardless if you don't even like me in this situation, I understand, but come to me and let me walk you through the fire, right? Because again, this last quote from Chuck Swindoll, anything under God's control is never fully out of control. And so let's stay encouraged when we're walking through these days, weeks, months, Years ahead, and we are challenged with our questioning in life and our emotions, with our overall mental health, to remain in Jesus. And so, uh, Krista, could I just ask you to pray for us in this area?
1: Sure. Sure. Lord, thank you for bringing us all here today. Thank you for Pastor Bill's message. Um, Thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us, no matter how many times we stray away or how many times we seek comfort in things outside of you. Um, Thank you for your love and your faithfulness that um, never fades. Uh, Bless us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us at New Hope.